hosts, Noah Bowick and Anthony Bill. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Couch Scouts Sports Podcast. You are here with your hosts, Anthony Bills, Dead Dude AB, and Noah Baldwig at KOTS Fantasy. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We got another another good episode for you. But first, gonna bring on Mr. Bills. How you doing today, man? How's the How's Tuesday treating you? It's good, man. Um, I've been been kind of sick the last few days, so just getting over it finally feels good. Um, uh, just excited to talk some football and stuff because the last few days I've just been sleeping a lot and not doing much. So. <laughs> it's good. Well, that's all right. You got to do that sometimes too. Yeah. Um. So we're talking. Uh, we're talking AFC East today, and then we're gonna go NFC East uh, in the next couple of days. Talk some Cowboys and the rest of that division. Um. But before. But first, before we jump into that, we just want to say thanks for listening to this episode. If you guys want to. Um, help, su- help support the podcast the best way to do that is uh, subscribing to us on YouTube just hit that subscribe button right below this video or hit subscribe if you're listening uh, to Spotify podcasts or Apple podcasts um, and then follow us on Instagram we are at the Couch Scouts pod uh, those are the best four or five ways to help us out get our name out there um, get some followers, get some traction, leave some comments, uh, and say, hey, we always love to, to talk sports with you guys, no matter what um, you're watching or, or talking about. We love to, to engage. So, um, Anthony, let's talk, about, let's talk about this AFC East. I wrote in, the, wrote in the post this morning, this is the first time in like 18 to 19 years, depending on how you look at it, that the division doesn't have a chance to be won by Tom Brady. Obviously, he didn't win it every single time for those amount of years, but you know, Tom Brady will not be the AFC East division champion with the Patriots this year. Um, what what are your thoughts on this division going into 2020? Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see. You know, uh, the last couple of years, each team has tried to you know, find a young quarterback for their future. Um, Miami hasn't been successful yet, but I'm sure they will this year in the draft. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And now New England's probably going to be looking for one as well. So right. it's a division full of young quarterbacks. We know for sure at two places. And then the other two, we're sure we'll be adding some young quarterbacks. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, Buffalo, you know, surprised a lot of people last year, you know, with that 10-win season. And, um so everybody's most likely going to be coming after them now that Tom Brady's on. It's going to be interesting. Be right. Fun. Yeah, they finished. Yeah, it'll be fun. They finished, um, what, I think it was either a game and a half back or two games back of the Patriots in 2019. And, you know, you talk about the acquisition of Stephon Diggs getting a true wide receiver one for, for Josh Allen. Um, and, you know, they can still add on the defensive end and on offense in the draft as well. So um, I think that they – I think this division, in my opinion, is anyone could take it, but I would say if there was a front runner at this point, uh, the Bills are definitely looking looking like that um, to to take it away from the Patriots. But I mean, at the same time, you know, I've heard a lot about um, the Patriots potentially moving up in the draft, you know, to um, 
it would be a big move to go get like a Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love. Um, but also there's this quarterback, Jared Stidham, who, um, you know, he played at Baylor and then, uh, you know, a whole bunch of controversy went down with the coaching staff. So he transferred, played one year at Auburn, which was way different than his system in, uh, in Baylor. So we haven't really got a chance to see what he can do other than preseason. Do you think that there's any way that he, uh, he plays for the whole 2020 season or uh, even into 2021? Or do you think that the, the Patriots make a move in the draft and, and get someone else? It just depends on the draft. Um, as of right now, I'll say yes. Um, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's the future. I don't think he's that great, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I watched a lot of his Auburn games, and I was like, I wasn't impressed. I don't even know why everybody was so impressed on him coming to the draft, to be quite honest. Yeah. Everybody was trying to say, oh, he's another Jimmy G. No, he's not. Um, so if if they go if they move up, then clearly they're moving up because they think Herbert or Jordan Love is a better option. Right. Um, if they don't move up, you know, um, then I think they'll roll with him for this one year. And if they suck, okay, they'll move up next year and they'll go get one of the quarterbacks next year. Yeah. Um, so I would say yeah, he's definitely probably going to start unless they go get one of those rookies. So. Yeah. Dang, could you imagine a Justin Fields-led Patriots team in 2021? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, it's like, I wouldn't mind that. See, it'd be better than my Ohio State boy Dwayne Haskins going to trash organization. So that's true. That's true. At least go somewhere with a good organization, a good coach. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's start with the team that was on the bottom of this division last year in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins, who hold the number three pick um, in the AFC East. Five. <laughs> the number three pick. Are they all the way at five? Oh, I guess they did win. They, number three is Detroit. That's right. They did win. Like I'm pretty sure. That yeah, they started, they started winning at the end of the year. With Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, they, and uh, yeah, Devontae and Adams or Devontae Parker, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, we'll still finish last in the division. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the. There's a potential. I think it's pretty clear that the Dolphins are going to take a QB in the first uh, with that fifth pick. It would be pretty surprising for them not to. But we've seen stranger things in the NFL. Um, but there, there is a potential that. If it is uh, Tua that he that they rest him for the 2020 season, give him a full year to get uh, maybe a year under his belt, get fully healthy, and then come back strong in 2021. So um, there's potential that it could be Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. Again, I think it would most likely be Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I don't see any scenario where they put Rosen over Fitzpatrick and the incoming rookie. So. Um, yeah, I guess. What do you think it will will be in twenty twenty as far as the quarterback situ- situation? Obviously, it depends on who they get, but let's uh, let's assume it it is Tua. Tua, yeah. Um, if it is Tua, I think I, I understand everybody saying, "Oh, they'll, they'll just sit him for a year, let him rest." But I, if if he's healthy right now, which I mean, he's doing workouts. Um, he might not be one hundred percent ready to play football, but dude, I. I could see maybe where they have Fitzpatrick playing the first month of the season, um, and then it's and then they're ready to throw Tua in. Yeah. Um, 
because he's talented enough. Uh, he would be the best talented quarterback on that team. And, I mean, if you look at the Browns, Baker Mayfield's rookie year, everybody thought they was going to sit him for a year, let Tyrod Taylor go, but Tyrod Taylor wasn't getting done, so they put Baker in, and all of a sudden the Browns looked amazing. Right. So if you're the Dolphins and you see last year, like, hey, towards the end of the year, you know, we actually have some pieces, and they're going to add so many more because they have all these first-round picks and second-round picks. They, they could legitimately, you know, contend for this division. Yeah. Not win, but they they can be in contention. So I would go with Tua as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, un, unless you see that he's just like, yeah, he's he's not physically ready yeah. because of his health. But I mean, he he stepped into freaking national championship game, boom! Like, so it doesn't matter when you play him. When you put him in, he can be a game changer. So I would expect Fitzpatrick to start the season, but. If two is healthy, I would fully expect him to be starting at least by you know week six or seven. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you know looking at the Dolphins' schedule, you kind of see. I haven't looked and seen where that bye week is going to be, you know. But sometimes teams like to to switch things up in the bye week. You know, if it is middle of the season, week five, six, you know, get to an extra week to um just get in line with the first team offense and then start him after that but you know it also depends on the schedule you know i think when we looked at um the browns when they brought in uh baker mayfield behind tyrod taylor i think they had a he came in and then i think they had a stretch of like three four games with well below 500 teams and it was just like a perfect situation to get him going um but i think either way um the, the quarterback here to obviously own is either going to be the rookie or well, is the rookie, whoever it's going to be. If it's uh, Herbert, if it's Tua, if it's somehow Joe Burrow. Um, I think if you're talking from a fantasy football perspective, Fitzpatrick has pretty much gone way past his prime in any league format. He still, you know, has those like four or five touchdown games, uh, but then also has those four or five interception games. And, um, it was funny when he when he was with the Buccaneers when it was it was seemed like those two quarterbacks him and Jameis Winston would go back and forth. One quarterback would throw three touchdowns and then they'd throw like three picks. They'd bring in, they'd bring in Winston in the second half. He'd throw three touchdowns, start the next game, throw three interceptions. But yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be Tua, and I think it's a great with all the rookie draft picks that they have. I think it's a great um, like situation from an offensive perspective um it's moving to the running back position it's also a potential for a rookie landing spot there so they signed jordan howard um who came over from philadelphia and was with chicago before that and then after that you know there's kalen balage who hasn't really done anything since coming into the league at all um there's patrick laird and a few other different running backs but you have to think um that the dolphins go ahead and get if it's not, if it's not one of the top three, you still would assume that they're going to get at least one of the top six of these rookie running backs. Do you think that Jordan Howard is going to be the day one starter, or do you think a, there's a potential for a rookie to come in and steal steal that spot? Um, I, I would I think Jordan Howard just because of the career and the pedigree he has. Um, you know, like he was still running back one at first with Philly last year. Yeah. You know? And then Miles Sanders took over, just because yeah. Miles Sanders fit that offense better. Right. Um, but, but Jordan Howard, I mean, he he's not super old. You know, he's still he's still 
you know, a little young. Yeah. Um, he still has a lot in the tank. <laughs> he's like, and you. I, he can be really successful, huh? He's like you and I, a little young. <laughs> <laughs> We're still a yeah. little young. <laughs> he ain't young, but he ain't old. Yeah. Right? Um, but he still has some left in the tank. I, I really like it. I like that he got to go there because they, uh, they need a clear number one. Right. And he's going to offer that. Now, obviously, if they go get Swift, Taylor Dobbins, you know, one of the top three, um, they might compete and they might take over later on if Howard isn't really performing. Yeah. But I, I think he'll perform fairly well and be back to the old Jordan Howard. Maybe not the Chicago Bears Jordan Howard, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it would be surprising for the Dolphins not to draft a rookie. And I think at that point, the you know, the, the running backs below that rookie, like Kalen Balaj, Patrick Laird, I think they would basically become irrelevant for um, for fantasy owners if you're in any kind of dynasty format. Um, it's going to be clear that Howard and the rookie will be that one-two punch. And I agree with you. I think the, the Dolphins' um, O-line is definitely going to get better. Um, it's getting better and it's going to get better in this draft. And I really like that for the prospects of Jordan Howard, who he is an in-between-the-tackles type runner, uh, really powerful goal line back. And uh, he actually added some... He's developing in the passing game. It's definitely not his strong suit whatsoever, but he's shown in the last couple of years to, to be able to stretch out and, and catch a couple of balls here and there. So I think either way, I think it'll be a really nice one-two punch because we know like with Dobbins, Swift, and Taylor, all, all three of those guys are going to be a little bit more um, versatile in what they offer to the offense as far as you know splitting out and catching some passes. So I think Jordan Howard... You know whether he remains the starter throughout all of 2020. I think he still is going to be a. He's going to get plenty of, um, plenty of playing time. But as far as that, I think it's going to be Howard and the rookie, and there's not there's not going to be room for much else. Um, okay, at wide receiver we have uh, three names: Devonte Parker, Preston Williams, and Albert Wilson. Um, Devontae Parker was actually, this was his best year of his career, uh, finished as wide receiver 11. And, I mean, to his ADP right now, I don't know why I didn't put the number in there, but he's a seventh-round pick in startup drafts. And for the wide receiver who finished 11th, that's really, really good value, um, especially considering who his quarterbacks were in 2019. But... He finished with 72 receptions, 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, regardless of it being Fitzpatrick or uh, a rookie quarterback, who do you or do you think that do you think Parker puts up similar numbers? You know, he's kind of been up and down throughout his career, but I mean, this was really his breakout his breakout season. What owners have been waiting for his whole career. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I think he'll be the same player, but the the tough one is will the numbers be the same? Because we know they're going to add they're going to add weapons, um, which could potentially take targets away from him. Yeah. Um, Preston Williams is going to be fully healthy. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Preston Williams fan, but I I mean I know a lot of people are high on him, so we'll we'll see. And then Albert Wilson, he. I mean, he's just a decent slot guy, really, or like you know, he can he'll give you some catches. So I think Parker. I mean, there's potential that we maybe see similar numbers, um, but there's potential that we see you know 
five touchdowns instead of nine um, just because they're going to add some weapons. You know, if they add one of these receivers, because I know there's a lot of talks about, you know, do they go get one of Tua's teammates if they do take Tua? Do they get Judy? Do they get Ruggs? You know, right. Jefferson or Rager in the second round. Um, so it'll just depend. I, I think Parker is going to have another Pro Bowl type season. I just don't know what the numbers are going to look like this year because I don't know how the rest of the offense is going to look just because the Dolphins have so many freaking picks. Man. Right. You know they're going to load on offense because their defense isn't set, but they've made a, they've made a lot of free agency moves on defense. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean. Unfortunately, you look at Parker's career and the statistics that he's put up. You know, he's he's always been dra- yeah up and down. He's always been drafted way higher than he performs. Other than uh, this this year was the uh, the one um, opposite of that. But I mean, yeah, I think the fact that he he only had seventy two receptions. I mean, given he did have subpar quarterback play, but. You know, with numbers like with nine touchdowns, twelve hundred yards, you would have expected for him to be in the eighty-five to ninety reception range. And the fact that it's at seventy-two, you know, I, w- I watched a lot of his film, and a lot of it it was really just like jump balls, one-on-one, uh, and then you know somehow breaks away and walks into the end zone. I th- I think he still has really good talent. Like you said, he could be a Pro Bowler in twenty twenty, but. Um, I don't, I don't think you'd be disappointed getting him in the seventh round and then seeing him maybe regress a little bit, but I definitely wouldn't reach. He's not a wide receiver that I'm going to reach on in the fifth fifth round or, or earlier uh, just because, like you said, there is a lot of question marks. And um, Preston Williams was a, a really, really good pickup last year for the Dolphins and got off to a great start, 32 receptions, 428 yards, and three touchdowns in eight games um, as a rookie last year before – I think he tore his ACL, but um, I mean, when you look at those three names, it kind of looks like they might need to add another weapon. I think you know I really like Albert Wilson, but I think he's more of a um, he's kind of like a like a change of pace wide receiver. Get him in there for set plays. Um, you know, I don't know how consistent he is. He played. I know he had some injuries, but. Uh, in 2019, but he, you know, only 43 receptions in one touchdown. So, um, I would definitely expect for them to go get a wide receiver. I mean, they have, I think they have two or three second round picks. So that could be a position where they go and get, um, like a, a Mims or, uh, you know, a Jefferson, if he falls that far into the second, uh, it just kind of depends on, on the draft, which, you know, it makes it way easier to do this after the draft, but also just kind of fun to predict who who lands on their team. Yeah. Um, they have six first, first and second round picks. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So, I mean, really there's no saying what they do because yeah. there's going to be so much that changes in the draft and could... They, uh, they, could, they could probably call Bill O'Brien and be like, hey, we'll give you a second round for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, which he would be a great fit in in the Dolphins' offense, you know, if they go get Tua and come and get Brandon Cooks and Devontae Parker, that'd be a, that'd be a nice little duo. Yeah, um, we're just throwing shade at Bill O'Brien. We'll do that on every episode. <laughs> just keep just keep offering him lower and lower in picks and see what he does. Um. Okay, so tight end Mike Kosicki, 
Uh, I think I think he's going into his third or fourth year out of Penn State, which he, where he was a beast. Um, and this this year really came into his own. 51 receptions, 570 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, finished as the tight end 12, and he's still decent value at 113, a 10th round draft pick. Um, I think anytime that you can get a, a top 15 tight end outside of the 10th round, I think that's really really good value. And I think that he's just, you know, when he first came in with the Dolphins, obviously it's a been a disorganized organization, but um, he kind of had a, some difficulty finding his niche in the offense and in the within the team. But I feel like this year he took some some really big steps and should be should continue to keep being a prolific part of that offense. So I would expect for him to to be in that 65 reception range. Uh, you know, six six seven hundred yards. I think five touchdowns is great, but I would definitely expect him in the top ten amongst fantasy tight ends in 2020. Um, I know you 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 like him. What'd you say, stud? <laughs> when stud, I said him, but he's a stud. Yeah, would you agree with that yeah. in 2020? Oh yeah, I all of those numbers will go up. Um, I think, which is another reason why I was like, it's potential that Devontae Parker goes down because, I mean, he dude is what like six seven. Yeah, he's huge. He's 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 big. He's fast. Just super athletic and. Uh, He's just gonna be. He'll he'll be deadly, man. I I expect him. I think he'll he'll easily creep into the top ten of tight ends. Yeah. Um, he he's just one of those ne- that next wave. You know, we had you know Gronk, Jimmy Graham, Antonio Gates. We had that, and now we're living out this. Bull Kelsey, Zach Ertz thing. Um, I feel like next the next wave is gonna be you know Gasecki fan. Yeah. Uh, OJ Howard, Irv Smith, the guys we talked about. Gasecki's he's up there with him. Yeah. Um, He's he's he has a lot of potential to be not Gronk but close to it. Yeah. Um, just with his athletic ability and he's f- freaking huge and this is going to be his third year. So his rookie year, up and down. He had a little bit of injuries, and that that was the year Miami was just even. That's when it was just just really bad. Yeah. Last year, he turned it on, um, and he's just going to keep getting better and better, especially if he gets a good quarterback like Tua. Yeah, I think. You hit the nail right on the head. I think when you look at what their offense has been the last two years, it's honestly just terrible. And it's, I mean, it's no surprise that he wasn't able to fit into that because he is an offensive playmaker. And when you don't have a playmaking type offense, uh, it's hard for you to fit into there. And, and last year was finally the first time that we actually got to see him utilize his potential on the field. And you talk about, you know, playing with a quarterback like Tua and adding more offensive weapons. It's just going to just open up the field for him. Uh, so much more, and not not have to rely upon uh, run blocking, et cetera, et cetera, uh, as his main responsibility is going to allow him to just become more of a pass catcher. So, I agree with you. I think I don't own him in any of my um, fantasy leagues, but I definitely, I definitely will be targeting him this year after seeing just his growth. Yeah, his his rookie year, he's playing for Adam Gase, man. Right, that's enough. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like playing for Bill O'Brien, to be honest. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the the second place team in this division, the that's Buffalo me. Bills. Buffalo. <laughs> no, caught me off guard. <laughs> you guys, if you guys don't know by now, my last name is Bills. Bills, and he just go. We just call him Bills. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times I call you Anthony. Probably five times in your probably life. Never, because one of our. 
one of our closest friends, his name is Anthony as well. So yeah. my last name compared to his last name. <laughs> Way easier to say. You want to say mine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the Buffalo Bills, the second place team um, in the AFC East last year and definitely made some great moves this year and still can make some good moves. Um, but let's start at quarterback Josh Allen, who, um, I mean, really has, I think, surprised people since being drafted out of Wyoming a couple of years ago. Last year finished as the QB6, uh, 3,000 passing yards, 58% completion percentage, which is has always been the knock on him coming into the NFL. Uh, but 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and obviously what he's been able to do on the ground, the 9 rushing touchdowns, that obviously has propelled him into that QB6 position. Um, but, I mean, an ADP of 92, so 8th round for for a QB six, if he if he continues to put up numbers uh, through the air and on the ground, I think he's a really really good value in in dynasty leagues. Considering that the the Bills are not regressing, they are getting better. Um, do, do you like Josh Allen as a fantasy quarterback, Anthony, or um, or are you moving somewhere else? Why do you keep laughing? <laughs> I just you realized keep... I called you Anthony, and I just said I never <laughs> called you. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I like Josh Allen a lot. Um, maybe it's just because the last time I really paid attention to Josh Allen was against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Yeah, he went he went off. Yeah. Um. um yeah, no, I like him a lot. Um, I'm surprised he's QB six. That was that was really surprising to me. I mean, I knew the the rushing touchdowns is huge, especially yeah. for a quarterback. Man, that's just stealing value. Um, which is why you know. Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, those guys, Lamar Jackson, that's why he's going to be so high. But, um, yeah, he's going to keep getting better. You know, his rookie year, once he finally started to play and got, got into a little bit of a groove, you can see the interceptions and the inaccuracies there. Yeah. Um, but he's such a big, strong arm. Um, he's like, he's, he's honestly, he, he reminds me a lot of Cardell Jones, but he's like actually has skill to go with the strong arm, you know? Yeah. Because he's big. He can run. Um, he has the cannon of an arm, but he actually can put it all together. And uh, he's just going to keep getting better. You know, the interceptions will probably stay around the same his entire career, honestly. Just like a Brett Favre. Just like, you know, certain guys, that's just that's just going to be in them because they're gunslingers. Yeah. But the touchdowns are going to increase. Um, I think the rushing touchdowns might decrease a little. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just with more weapons that they keep adding for him and Devin Singletary is going to step in be a full-time number one. So yeah. I really like him a lot, especially for Dynasty. Yeah. Especially for Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, if you if you track his ADP from when he was first drafted into the NFL, he was not even, he wasn't even being selected in the top 230 um, players when he first came into the league. And, you know, I mean, like you just were talking about Mike Gusecki, who's 6'7". I think Josh Allen is 6'7 as well. And just... I mean, he can literally throw the ball 70 yards, and it's not always, it's not always accurate. But you start bringing in weapons like a Stephon Diggs, who can, you know, run underneath those passes and, and make plays. Uh, it's scary to think, you know, what this offense could be in the Bills. I, you know, I'm happy for Bills Mafia and for the Bills organization because they've done it the right way and they've built that defense up. They got a lot of young players on this team and. Uh, now they can focus on surrounding Josh Allen with um, some good talent. I think for me, if it, you know eighth round is great value, I'll definitely select him there. Um, I think 
I think I'm just curious. Um, you know, the the nine rushing touchdowns. I think that's the only thing that you touched on. Like, can is that sustainable? You know, we we see rushing quarterbacks. How long? You know, can he keep doing this and stay healthy? Because he does. He is a quarterback. He's a big guy. He likes to throw his body yes. around. But like you said, he, yeah. they're not going to need him to do that uh, as much anymore. So. Uh, I think he, he's definitely going to stay a top 10 fantasy quarterback uh, going forward and definitely has surprised, I think, everyone considering what the uh, the scouting reports were on him uh, in the draft. But Yeah. I, th- I think he can withstand it because, I mean, he's got that Ben Roethlisberger body type when Ben first came in the league. And ben that's was true. Um, not saying uh, he's more athletic than Ben was, I think, back then. But, I mean, he's 240 on top of that, you know, 6'6 frame, whatever. Like, he, he's 240. Like, it's not, you know, six foot 190 Michael Vick or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson even, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a full body. Um, yeah. It, so, I mean, he could take a little bit, but I, I definitely, I'm definitely with you, especially in the AFC East where a lot of the games, you know, half the season they're going to play is going to be 30 degrees and colder. Yeah. You know, slow, unless they go down to Miami. Um but yeah, it, it, I'm with you there. That that is one thing that does scare you. But um, that draft class is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just gonna keep getting. They're just gonna keep getting better offensive weapons for him. So, I think. I mean, yeah, he does. He reminds you a lot of Big Ben, the huge arm, the big frame. You know, able to elude defenders in a unique way. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know. I think the the Bills got a great quarterback there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so from the running back position, you mentioned Devin Singletary potentially stepping into a true RB one role in twenty twenty. Um, definitely a surprise in two thousand nineteen after um, after being drafted. He's a pretty small frame guy, but was able to come in and show that he's capable of carrying a pretty big workload, turning one hundred and fifty one attempts into seven hundred seventy five yards and adding uh, 29 receptions to the air as well. Um, I think he missed uh, a couple games, but for the most part was able to stay healthy and a player that I really, really like uh, considering that he's a, starting, he's, a, he's a starting running back heading into 2020 and you can still get him um, in the mid to late fifth round despite him you know, finishing in the top 32 among running backs. So um, do you think that he remains the clear number one running back or do you think the Bills go ahead and draft uh, another another back as well? Um, I mean, they could maybe take one late in the draft just as, like, a potential future backup. But I think he's clearly number one. You know, they they moved on from, well, Frank the Tank. Yeah, or, finally. Was it? Oh. Yes, it was. Yeah. Or Tom. Yeah. I'm, man, I'm getting mixed up. Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy literally keep switching teams, and it's confusing me. LaShawn, <laughs> too. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. he clearly stepped in, and they see the value there. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a number one for years to come. You know, he is a little back, like you said. Yeah. Might be better off being a one-two punch with somebody, which I think is why they brought T.J. Yeldon in. T.J. Yeldon isn't a beast. He isn't, you know, some guy, but he's reliable. He's going to play for you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, dude, he averaged five yards a carry. He missed four games. He played 12. Um, yeah. And and the receiving is there, you know, twenty nine receptions. It'll get better. He's oh, yeah. way he's way better than that. A lot of that is on Josh Allen as well, though. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, dude, running back 32, if you can get him in that 50 range, average draft position, he's a, he's a good running back, you know, two or three option for your fantasy team. Yeah. For sure. Cause he's going to, he's going to be reliable and get you points every week. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely has that running back to uh, value. I think in, in fantasy leagues right now, the, you mentioned the running back behind him, TJ Yeldon. They brought him over and uh, didn't do anything in 2019. Was the running back 92? Uh, he's proven to have some success, definitely in the passing game, more so in the, than in the run game. So if he can get healthy uh, for 2020, I think that he does add some, at least some PPR value. Um, and since we are talking about like a, a small framed running back like Devin Singletary, it's definitely a backfield that you want to pay attention to um, just in the case of an injury. So if the Bills do go ahead and draft um, a running back, that will definitely be a rookie that you'll want to target in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, I did write down one other running back to own is Christian Wade, who came over, I think it was from a London um, rugby league last year, and he was a a rookie in the NFL. Uh, This year he was on the practice squad, but if you go and watch some of his highlights, um, I think it was against the Panthers in the preseason last year. He took, he had like two touches and took them both for 80-yard touchdowns. So, uh, you know, it's they brought him back to the team. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes the uh, the opening day roster in 2020. But if you're in a dynasty league, definitely a player to to own uh, at least over the off season just to see what happens there. Let's move on to the wide receiver position, Stefan Diggs wide receiver one of the bills um finally they have a wide receiver one i think john brown was i think he's more of a he fits better in an offense as a wide receiver two i think um to ask him to be the clear number one with josh allen is is a lot to ask but he did he did decent in 2019 um definitely one of the best years of his career but um let's let's talk about expectations for stefan diggs with the bills you know he had 63 receptions, six touchdowns, and over a thousand yards last year with the Vikings. Was the wide receiver 24? I got to think in my mind it's going to be it's going to be a better year than that. I'm thinking at least in the top 20, uh, if not higher. How about you? Um. Yeah, I think he's going to have. I think he's going to have the best career, of his, the best year of his career. Okay. Uh, I do. Just. I mean, he's finally the clear-cut number one, and he's yeah. not playing for Cousins. So I think Diggs will put up, you know, I, I think two years ago with Minnesota, he had 100 receptions. Um, he might have reached double-digit touchdowns, um, but I can't remember. But I think we could see that again, you know. Maybe not 100 touchdowns, 100 catches, just because Josh That would Allen be the best so year of his career. <laughs> 100 touchdowns, that'd be crazy. Um but I, I could see 80, 90 catches. I can, clear, I can definitely see that. And I think over 1,000 yards, touchdowns, we'll see. Um, but I think it's going to be one of the best years of his career. Yeah. Um, 100%. Because you know how it is sometimes. Sometimes just a new place just energizes you. Not that Stephon Diggs needs to be energized. He still had a good year last year. Um, but wide receiver 24, I think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year for me. Yeah. You know, looking at his what he's done throughout the course of his career, um, 52 catches his rookie year, 84 catches the next year, down to 64 in 2017. Last year he passes the century mark at 102, and then this year 63. So there is kind of this 
uh, we've talked about with some other players as well. There's this up and down trend where they, they seem to go um, kind of on this roller coaster ride. And I think that's for a variety of reasons with Stefan Diggs looking at the quarterbacks that he's played with and who's been ahead of him. But, I mean, if that tells you anything, it tells me that he's primed for, like you said, at least an 80-catch season. And I think he puts up another 1,000 yards. And, yeah, I think his touchdown – I think I think his best touchdown totals is coming in 2020. I think that he's going to be he's going to be that target uh that deep deep threat target, playmaker target for the Bills offense and he's definitely a a player that I'm not passing on if he comes to me in the 4th round. I think he's I've seen him go a lot earlier in the 3rd round in some drafts so if he comes to me in the 4th round, I have no problem uh selecting him there as a top top 25 wide receiver. How about John Brown? What are we thinking? Um, as, what does he do in 2020? That's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. Just because Stephon Diggs is going to take a lot of his targets, no doubt. Um, but he is still very reliable. You know, he he catches most of his targets as long as they're accurate. Um, and I, I would see his receptions going down, um, which obviously is going to take his yard down. The touchdowns. I can see the touchdown staying the same, but it also might go down as well. I just his value is dropping, but I, I don't have a problem with that ADP or getting him in the eleventh round. Um because he's still um he's still a talented receiver. He's just not a number one. So now he gets to go in his actual role of being a number two. So I mean he was playing in that number one spot last year and he put up some really good numbers. So what do you think he'll do against number two corners, you know? Right. Where Stephon Gilmore is going to be on Stephon Diggs, not John Brown. Yeah. You know, Byron Jones is going to be on Stephon Diggs, not John Brown for the Dolphins. So um, there's potential there. I just, I, I don't know what his numbers are going to be. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing, just because Stephon Diggs, and we'll talk about Beasley in a minute, those two I think we're going to throw off together. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, last year was the best year of his entire career, um, aside from touchdowns. I think he scored seven touchdowns in 2015. So these, this was definitely a career year for him. But also, like you said, he was being asked to be the wide receiver one. He was being guarded by the defense's best uh, week in and week out. And I would, I would, pro- I think he's going to regress a little bit. But I would project him somewhere in that uh, 55 to 60 reception range. Um, maybe seven to eight hundred yards, and I think I think six touchdowns is a really really good. I wouldn't cap him there, but I think it's a pretty good ceiling. Um, I think six to seven is probably his ceiling. I don't I don't see him going any higher than that. So, uh, yeah, based on the ADP at one twenty seven eleventh round, I think that's pretty good value. Assuming that he's, I think in in our minds, he's not going to put up the same types of numbers, but it's also it remains to be seen what he does. Um, but yeah, talk about Cole Beasley and what that, how does that mesh with John Brown? Obviously, Cole Beasley, a former Cowboy, and had a really really solid year um, in 2019 with the with the Bills. Yeah, Cole Beasley, I I like this guy so much, man. Look, we just didn't have the money to pay him. Yeah. Um, but he's he's so reliable. He plays every week. He catches everything that comes near him, and I'm telling you, man, like third down it's automatic if you just look for him it's very similar to 
Uh, he's not as good as these guys. Or he hasn't put up the same numbers, but it's very similar to West Walk with Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, any any slot, any yeah. little slot white guy that you can think of. It's he's he's the he's it. Um, he gets open, he runs crisp routes, and he he, he just he, he's going to make plays for you, and and he finds the end zone as well, which is an added bonus because at the start of his career he wasn't. It was just reliable third down catches. Um, but he's found an offense that really fits him and really likes him. And with Stephon Diggs and John Brown going to be hitting them deep routes, he's just going to have so much more open space in the middle of the field where he does his most dangerous work. Um, and if you can get – I think I like Cole Beasley over John Brown for fantasy-wise. So, I mean, yeah. if you look at the ADP 11th round or the 20th round, yeah, give me, give me Cole Beasley all day. Um, I probably wouldn't wait till the 20th round to take him. Um, just because I think he's still going to put – if he puts up numbers like that, that's way, way better than yeah. 20th round value. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so as far as Dynasty goes, I mean, he's not old, but I don't know how much more he'll have in him just because he is a smaller frame. He has had some concussions with the Cowboys. He did have a couple um, just just with his little body. I don't know how much more he'll take in the NFL, especially in that division and that cold weather. But yeah. Uh, I would roll the dice on for a couple years for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's a really good point. I would take his uh, two thirty three ADP over John Brown's one twenty seven, just solely based on the fact that he's going to be in that slot role. And uh, unless the Bills make some kind of move and and get one of these top rookies, I think he's pretty much locked in for that sixty reception type season. I think mm-hmm. the six touchdowns was a surprise, but I mean, also you look at. Uh, John Brown, he had six as well. It was John Brown, Cole Beasley, both had six in 2019. So Josh Allen is he's not afraid to spread the ball around, and you know you obviously throw a receiver in there like Stephon Diggs. That's gonna that could potentially take some touchdowns away. So um, yeah, you know I don't know maybe four t- four to six touchdowns somewhere in that range. But yeah, slot receivers they they get a lot of red zone targets just based on the the formations that line up there when when things get tight. So. Like you said, the value, I think, way better. I'll take Cole Beasley over John Brown in a startup draft. Yeah, I mean, he has nine touchdowns in eight seasons. In the first two seasons, he didn't play much for Dallas, and he had two. So if you look at it, six seasons, 27 touchdowns, he's going to get you four or five yep. or six every year. Yeah. Um, you can you can put that, you know, you can you can put that to paper. You know, you're going to get that. It's yep. going to put up. In anywhere in that 600 to 800 yards every single year. He's yeah. just super reliable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how about tight end? Um, I know that the the Bills have a handful of different tight ends, but uh, Dawson Knox is, I think, definitely one that will be um, highly effective in the offense in 2020. He finished as the tight end 32. Last year, ADP of 170, 15th round, 28 receptions, 388 yards and two touchdowns. I think he definitely is going to have a much better um, season in 2020, uh, just developing in that offense, growing uh, within the NFL as a whole. And, you know, it seemed like the the Bills had a, a handful of different tight ends that just couldn't stay healthy last year. Um, but do you, is, do you like Dawson Knox? I know you might know a little bit more about him than I, but I'm not sure. <laughs> No, I, I I don't know much, but I just remember seeing him play at I think Ole Miss in college, and he was he was good. You can see he's he's just another young tight end that comes in, 
there's the, the the ceiling is so high but the floor is so low as well right so just tough um but he's a young guy so uh, we know he's going to be the number one guy um there you know now and i think he'll do better than tight end 32 i i agree with you i think he's going to put up some better numbers than you know 28 402 touchdowns yeah um, i see him getting 40 catches yeah um, maybe a couple more touchdowns with those catches so um, he's he's not somebody that I want to rely on as my tight end one, but I mean if we're in a dynasty, you know, draft him if 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 you can get one of the good big guns early, uh, or even one of the guys you know like Gasecki in the tenth round or whatever it is, and then you you want to roll with this guy as well just to see which one pans out over the next few years. And absolutely, um, he's he's well worth the risk because he has a lot of talent. And uh, I mean, let's be honest, anytime. You, you come from an SEC school, you know, there's there's a lot of buzz and there's potential. Obviously, you got to be good to play in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, I think for him it'll just come down to being able to stay on the field. I definitely don't – I don't doubt that he can double his 2019 stats in 2020. But, um, you know, he only – he played eight games his sophomore year at Ole Miss, nine games his junior year. So he didn't – he did miss a handful of games right. both years, and I think that that – it, um, you know, we saw that this year as well. So I think for him, it's just a matter of being able to stay healthy. So if you are a fantasy owner, dynasty owner, definitely uh, check out the depth chart for the Bills. I know uh, a tight end like Jason Kroom is on there. Um, Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft, yep, is behind uh, Dawson Knox. So those would be other guys to target as well. But at the same time, you might you might as well be better off uh, just targeting if you're doing a startup. You might as well just target a different uh, tight end if you're looking yeah. for depth there. He he did stay healthy for his rookie season though. That is one. Thing. Yeah. He played Fifteen games of the seventeen, so okay. or sixteen. Yeah. So, yeah, that is good. Yeah. All right, but to play seventeen games in two seasons at Ole Miss and you match that in the NFL, I'm like, that's confusing. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the AFC East, the New York Jets. J E T S Jets, um, slow grind. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out to our guy, slow grind. We were trying to get him on the podcast today, but he couldn't make it on. He's a, a New York, New York Knicks, New York Jets fan. So we're gonna try and get him on the podcast, um, at least for the draft. I to uh, find out if he's a Mets or Yankees fan. Then. Oh, we should ask. We should ask. I, I didn't know that. Um. Yeah, so we'll try and get him on because we want to see his reaction to the Jets picks. Um, I think they have like the 11th pick. We want to see what they do uh, in the draft. But let's talk about Sam Darnold, who uh, is paired up with Adam Gase and finishes quarterback 27, ADP 164, uh, 14th round draft pick in startup drafts, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and only 61% completion percentage. I think this was definitely not what Jets fans were expecting um, this year with um, Le'Veon Bell, second year back, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, uh, Chris Herndon. They have some good weapons, some good names. It's good name talent, but couldn't really put it all together on the field uh, in that division. What? Wh- where are we thinking with Sam Darnold? You know, we talk like we. He's definitely talented, but it's very similar to uh, Mitchell Trubisky numbers, in my opinion. 
Is it a, uh, is it a case of the Jets organization or is it just a case of talent? I <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I think I think it's just a case of this dude is young. He's only twenty two right now. He came to the NFL at twenty. Not many people do that. I mean Lamar Jackson as well, but it's tough. Um, I think. I think the thing with Sam Darnold, he definitely has all the talent in the world. You can see it. Um, this is another AFC East quarterback that absolutely destroyed my Cowboys on national TV. Um, and it looked like the Jets were about to go on a tear. Yep. Um, I, think, I think he just came from a USC system where they play in the Pac-12, and he just looked better than he was. Because even if you look – I remember I was like, the Browns need to take this guy. The Browns need to take this guy. And then I watched the Rose Bowl, and Ohio State absolutely destroyed this guy. Yes, and that's he, true. Okay, maybe not. Maybe let's pump the brakes. Maybe not. Um, I think he has the talent. I think it's just the head. It's it's mental right now. Um, obviously, you know, with the whole I'm seeing ghost thing. Yeah. That should have never been reported at on ESPN for that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm not as high on the weapons are that you are. Um, I don't know. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, yes, but Jameson Crowder does not impress me. Sean Perriman does not impress me. I know they have good numbers, but that's because of the only thing there. That's true. Um, I mean, at least if you look at, I don't know, if you flop him and Baker Mayfield, I think the Browns probably go 12-4 and four last year. Yeah. With yeah. the weapons, Sam Darnold. You know what I mean? So I'm just like – just give him some weapons, man. Like, give give, give our guy slow ground, Jerry Judy, okay? Yeah. yeah. Or, or CeeDee Lamb, at least. Give him some better weapons. Um, like, I don't know. I, I like him, but he's somebody that I'm probably staying away from right now. If it is Dynasty and I can get, you know, one of the top five or ten quarterbacks, and then if I come back and I'm like, okay, let me take Sam Darnold now, because if Sam Darnold does pop, he has the potential to be a – future stud right. in this league. So right. I'm staying away from him. Yeah. I'm like, it's late. Yeah, I that's a good point. I think um I think he's definitely kind of that Q B two material right now, but he has a really he still has a really high ceiling, like you said, at uh at twenty two years old. Um mm-hmm. and and knowing that the the Jets are gonna get him help. Uh, they they have to get him some more help, you know. Hopefully. Now that now that Robbie Anderson's gone, I think that the Brashad Perryman signing helps, but they definitely need to add uh, a second. They definitely they should add a wide receiver one. I don't when I look at Crowder and Perryman, I don't see a wide receiver one out of there. I think I think both are good in their respective positions, but the, you know there's no true true wide receiver like you're talking about. You know Baker Mayfield has OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Um, Nick Chubb, and this is you know this is like the Browns 2.0 downgrade. I mean, it's it's very similar to Buffalo before they got Stephon Diggs. So, but Josh Allen performed with that. So I guess I'm kind of contradicting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Jameson Crowder is very comparable to John Brown, and the numbers are too. So yeah, yeah, I. I don't know. I think yeah, like you said, we just got to give Sam Darnold some more time. If you're in a, if you're a, honestly either way, if you're in a dynasty league or in a redraft league, and a new coach, uh, give, I don't know about giving him more time, but got to give him something. Um, 
I think if you're in a dynasty league or a redraft league, I think Sam Darnold's a great um, late late draft pick, um, just because he can he can uh, thrive in an offensive system. But Le'Veon Bell, I think. You know, he held out for that contract. He went and he got his contract by the New York Jets. And it really just wasn't hasn't been what it's panned out to be. You know, last year, he's still putting up decent numbers. He finished as the, the running back 16, uh, which as a sixth-round sixth draft pick, not, not terrible. But you also know uh, he is getting up there in age. Uh, 245 attempts last year. Um, so they're still giving him a pretty heavy workload, but he only got in the end zone three times and only had one receiving touchdown. So I think in the sixth round, I'm happy taking Le'Veon Bell there, but he definitely has to improve um, in this offense and be that Bell, um, Bell Cow running back that um, that the Jets fans expected when he came over to New York. You know, three rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdowns. I think he definitely has to be in that three to four receiving touchdown range and at least six rushing touchdowns uh, in order to be considered a, a really consistent running back one or running back two. But um, I, I can see, based on what the Jets have behind Le'Veon Bell, Kenneth Dixon, and Trenton Cannon, I could see them going and getting uh, one of these rookie running backs. Not, not a Taylor Swift or Dobbins, but... Um, you know, maybe a guy like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Zach Moss. Uh, you know, one of the lesser-known running backs, and just to at least be a backup to Le'Veon Bell as he plays out his contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and another thing, the offensive line for the Jets was so bad last year. Yeah, that's another thing. That's another issue with Sam Darnold. So I mean, it, it's so tough because they need to go get a weapon like a Judy or a C.D. Lamb early, but they also need to get in some offensive linemen. So it's so tough. Like, if I'm in the Jet position, I'm like, okay, do I maybe do I maybe try to trade and get, you know, a couple multiple picks so I can address both positions early or, you know. That's very true. So, so like Le'Veon Bell, the talent is still there. We saw him pop off a few plays last year. But him and Adam Gates, they really don't see eye to eye, right. you know. Uh, halfway through the season, they were already talking about he was going to get traded. Yeah, uh, and all this. So hopefully they put all that noise behind them now, um, and hopefully you know they put it. And I, and I, I'm with you on Le'Veon Bell. I think he still has potential to be a top ten running back in the, in fantasy. Like, a couple years ago, this guy was number one. You know, um, so I, I hope to see him get back that because I love when Le'Veon Bell is one of the best because he is so elite. Um, so hopefully. He bounces back. I think his touchdowns will go up, rushing and receiving. 100% they're going to go up. Because Sam Darnold hopefully stays healthy all season as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of scary right now on Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you are in if you're in Dynasty Leagues, I think that the window, I would definitely wouldn't sell Le'Veon Bell right now because I, I do think that he, he's got a rebound. At some point, I think that you can sell him for a higher price, um, hopefully in 2020. Um, but, you know, two running backs to own, at least over the offseason, Kenneth Dixon and Trenton Cannon, and then keep an eye on the, the Jets in the draft and see what they do. And, you know, Devontae Freeman is still out there as well. That could be, you know, a potential, yeah. potential signing as well. So just keep an eye on the, the Jets running back situation. 
Jamison Crowder was a, definitely a surprise for the Jets last year, finishing as the wide receiver 26. So just behind uh, Stephon Diggs. Um, ADP of 124, 11th round, which he saw that climb up, um, but had 78 receptions, 833 yards, and six touchdowns last year. I think, I honestly think it was a Kate. I mean, it was clear that he was one of Sam Darnold's favorite targets, but you also talk about the weeks that Sam Darnold missed, the multiple quarterbacks that they went through. Jameson is a great slot receiver, but, um, he also, I mean, he had 70, he almost had 80 receptions and only put up 833 yards. So you you kind of look at, I mean, it's t- the touchdowns were there, but you look at what happened as far as the yards goes, a lot of underneath stuff just because the offense, they're not able to, they're not able to develop that offense with bringing in multiple quarterbacks and, um, you know, Sam Donald being, being out for a couple of games with the, with the mono, so. I don't expect the same numbers in 2020 for Jamison Crowder. I don't know about you. No, I mean, obviously it's going to depend. If he's number one again, then yes, I think we can expect the same numbers. But I don't think he's going to be number one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you look at his years in Washington, I mean, he averaged about 64 catches every single year, except yeah. for the 2018 where he dealt with some injuries and he only had 29. But – so, I mean, he, he's very similar to John Brown. Like I said, I think he's going to give you, you know, 55 to 65 catches. Um, and then the touchdowns is going to be in that four to six range, possibly. Yeah. So, I mean, he's very valuable. I just, when I was talking about Sam Arnold, I didn't like him being their number one. Yeah. Um, but fantasy-wise and being fantasy-relevant, he's very fantasy-relevant wide receiver. And it's a very good, you know, wide receiver three option for you. Yeah. Um, especially if he's going to finish in the top 30. You know, um, but yeah, I think his numbers will decline a little bit, but I don't think they'll decline too much, um, just because he's going to be their only option other than their new wide receiver that they've got. Because Rashad Perriman is he's touchdown reliant, um, and I don't know how much that's going to hold up in the New York Jets offense. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we will see on Crowder. I think. Like you said, I mean, he was a top 30 wide receiver, and he's being selected in the 11th round. So if he puts up similar numbers, I think 11th round is a really good value for him as a, a wide receiver three because you'll most likely have you most likely have three to four wide receivers on your team by that point. So he's right. he's a really good value um, in that term is in terms of his ADP. I think for for Perriman, it was a pretty surprising um, signing for the Jets. They they definitely needed to. You know, things might have just fell apart with Robbie Anderson, and they knew they needed to go get uh, another wide receiver. Um, but he, Perriman's been a receiver who's been up and down. There's been a lot of hype over him his, over the course of his whole career with Cleveland and then Tampa Bay. And last year, you know, towards the end of the season when Godwin went down and Mike Evans went down, uh, Perriman, you know, he did kind of flash and showed that potential that people have been talking about. But, it, you know, in my opinion... It, I would rather have a Jamison Crowder. I would I would rather have a a regressed Jamison Crowder season rather than invest in Brashad Perriman with the thirteenth round pick. You know, I think there's a, I think there's some younger rookie rookie picks or receivers out there that I would rather invest in with a thirteenth round pick um, rather than Perriman. Just because I felt like last year, I mean the. The Buccaneers were wheeling and dealing. You know, they did, 
they were just playing to win and playing to lose and and throwing the ball all over the place and so he obviously had to catch something and had to catch some touchdowns but I'm interested to see how he fits into the Jets scheme I'm not, I'm not sold in my opinion what about uh, Dotson um not sold either <laughs> I think so. I was just wondering. I think I loved, I loved him coming out of college, man. I oh thought yeah. He was, I thought he was going to be a stud. Yeah. I'm surprised at how his career has went. Yeah. Obviously, went to Washington, so Washington is a place, honestly, where some careers just go to die. Yeah. It sucks, but. And I believe I believe Crowder was in Washington with him as well. He was. Yeah, he was. And prior he to was, that. He was right there with Garcon and. Yep. The stud, one of the top guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, good for Crowder, you know, having the best year of his career outside of Washington. So, I think, yeah, I'm not sold on Doxson or Quincy Anunwa. Anunwa's been a guy who, he, I mean, everyone's like, he's going to be the wide receiver one every year, and then he ends up getting hurt. And, you know, unfortunately, I haven't invested some stock into him, unfortunately, over the last couple of years. But uh, he's not on any of my rosters anymore at, the, at this point. And especially with... Um, uh, you know, a Judy or a CeeDee Lamb or one of the top receiver receivers coming in, I think that just pushes those two names out of the picture and you, you run with a squad of Crowder, uh, Perriman, and then whoever the rookie is. Uh, so those would be the – I think those are the three most fantasy relevant in any formats. Um, Doxon, you know, even though he's gotten the opportunities, he hasn't done anything with it. So I think I'll pass on those. Um, the, the tight end situation is going to be interesting. Last year, Chris Herndon was suspended the first four games of the season and then um, comes back into action and gets hurt and really didn't – I don't even think he played um, anything fantasy relevant in 2019. His ADP still suggests that he has value at in the 16th round, but you also have Ryan Griffith, uh, Griffin who played um, – a majority of the season alongside Sam Darnold and the other quarterbacks and finished as the tight end 22 and his ADP is 233 so 20th round um who would you rather own here Anthony I think I think Herndon is the the front runner for the position but I mean he he also has been given the reins for the last couple of years and hasn't done a whole lot with it so are you you're still gonna give hope to him or are you just gonna play it safe with Ryan Gr- Ryan Griffin I will take uh, option C <laughs> if I can um, I don't know I'm going to be completely honest I have no idea about either of these guys um, I don't know um, I've heard of them but fantasy wise I've never seen them on a roster I never would have put them on a roster um, so <laughs> I guess if I had to, I would probably just go her down just because the opportunity is going to be his again. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather keep my free agency or my slot open and look at free agency or rookie draft um, and stay away from both of them, to be quite honest. Um, but I don't know. You'll probably have a better fantasy take on them than I. No, I know. I mean, so I, yeah, I mean, he's coming into his third year. Last year he was obviously hurt for for the whole season I think he played he played in one game had one catch for seven yards but the year prior to that his rookie season was 
39 receptions, 502 yards, and four touchdowns. And I think that's when he, he blew up on everyone's map. And that was, you know, probably Sam Darnold's best best year as well. And they were like, this is the next duo. This is the, the Tom Brady-Gronk connection. Um, but even that year, he only played – I mean, he only started 12 games. He played in all 16. But I think – I think from a dynasty perspective, I'm still going to go with uh, Chris Herndon, but it, it's definitely questionable at this point. I think I would feel safer spending a 16th round pick um, rather than investing in it. You know, spending a 20th round pick on a tight end that might not play. I think he, you could, you could most likely get Ryan Griffin on waivers yeah. in, in most leagues yeah. since since he's going to be ahead of the other. So yeah. I so I'm, I guess. If we look at Herndon as 16th round, um, and then, you know, when we did the AFC South last week, yeah, those guys were very similar. So would you rather have, you know, those guys, or would you rather roll the dice on a Herndon because the potential? Because, um, you know, you got, what, Dan Fells, I think. Um, Darren Fells, Tyler Eifert, um, Jack Doyle. Johnny Smith, Jack Doyle, yeah. you know, all these guys. Um, it's a draft position. Yeah. Um, I think I would go. I think Doyle would be my number one choice uh, over any of the tight ends. I really like. Um, I'd probably go Doyle, Johnu Smith, and then Herndon. I think those would be. Those would be the three, and that you know Darren Fells is obviously. I think he's like thirty-seven, or thirty-four. He's up there, so I think. I think Jack Doyle would be my favorite just because you know what we're going to get out of him. Right. He's done it consistently. Yeah, he's done it consistently before. Um, so, I, you know, I would take a Jack Doyle over Herndon or uh, Johnny Smith easily. But, yeah, I mean, definitely don't wait till the 16th round to get your tight end. For sure. <laughs> For sure, don't wait. Um, okay, how about the Patriots? This is the... Yeah, the last team of the AFC East. The New York Patriots, who they might not win the division this year for the first time in a while. Um, we talked about the quarterback situation. The Patriots, you know, it's rumored that they're trying to move up in the draft and they could go get a, a um, Jordan Love or uh, Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> I could want him to say Gilbert. <laughs> um, but so... But at the moment, it's J- it's uh, Jarrett Stidham, and he just popped up on the ADP radar, going 20th round, obviously because no one's seen what he can do. I think in in two quarterback leagues and super flex leagues, uh, teams have owned him since he got drafted, just in the expectation that he's going to take over for Tom Brady at some point. Um, but I mean, he's still 23 years old, was a fourth round draft pick in 2018. It's I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's yet to be seen. I think at this point, if you're in a dynasty league and you draft before the draft, uh, the rookie draft, there's no. I don't think there's any point in getting a Jarrett Stidham because I don't think he's going to pop off uh, unless you pl- unless you play in a super flex league or a two quarterback league. Then yeah, definitely go ahead and get him. But uh, if if you're just in a single quarterback league, you might as well go get a uh, a Jack Doyle or a, a tight end in the twentieth round. Uh, and just kind of wait to see what happens, because most likely 
there's going to be some owner in your league who's like, oh, I got to go get the next Patriots quarterback, and they're going to go get him, and they're probably going to spend a 15th, 16th round pick on him and let him do it. And there will be plenty of other quarterbacks to own, uh, specifically the rookie, the rookie quarterbacks. If you had to choose, Anthony, if you were the um, the GM of the New England Patriots, uh, outside of Burrow and Tua, which quarterback would you think would fit best into this offense? Oh, that is tough. Um, I would go with Herbert. Um, I really like Justin Herbert, but I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think people are starting to see the potential of Justin Herbert. Um. Because, I mean, Justin Herbert, he might not be as thick, but he has a lot of similarities to Josh Allen. Um, yeah, if you want that's to very sell, true, yeah. You know, he, he can run, and he has a huge arm. And, yeah. Uh, I like Justin Herbert a lot, and he um, he's not Tom Brady, obviously. If it, it, Nobody is. Um, but I think he can really excel with, uh, with, with McDaniels in that offense um, because I know McDaniels is super clever man he's such a bright offensive mind yeah and if, if you give a, give him a guy that can actually run and move around in the pocket unlike Brady could um, I think the Patriots offense could be dangerous I and mean, they're not going to be Tom Brady and winning right away but they can be dangerous um, I really yeah it'd be a steal obviously the best would be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year yeah um, but I would like to see them get Justin Herbert, if anybody, this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this was a playoff team last year, obviously, that Tom Brady under center. But there were still there's still the pieces put in place to, to get back to the playoffs. Again, you know, you, you look at it, you still got Julian Edelman, you got Nikhil Harry, uh, Mohamed Sanu, and Sony Michelle and James White and Damian Harris, who they drafted last year as well. So, you know, if they if they decide not to go QB, or even if they do, I think they still can add uh, enough enough pieces to to make a run at it. If they, I mean, they have the coaching potential. We know that with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are writing the Patriots off already, but I think they're gonna they're definitely not gonna roll over. They're gonna be contenders uh, in this division for sure. And, you know, Sony Michelle was a running back that I texted you about a couple of days ago. And, yeah. you know, I asked what, what do you think Sony Michelle does in 2020? Because, um, you were like, well, I hope he, I hope for my sake, he explodes cause I have him on fantasy and I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to move him. But I mean, I was surprised he still had 247 attempts last year, 912 yards, seven touchdowns, which you know, you look at that, and that's nothing to turn your head at. But I think for me, he's not involved in the passing game whatsoever, and the yards per carry is definitely um, not what we, not what we've been accustomed to with Sony Michelle uh, since his rookie year. I mean, the seven touchdowns is is really nice. You'd like to see that increase, but that was really what he was dependent on, and what fantasy owners had to depend on. And I think there was one game where he had three in one game. So you spread out yeah. the, the other four touchdowns over the span of the other 15 games. Uh, it's really, really hard to depend on. And I know you exp- yeah. you experience that at, as a fantasy owner. Um, but we talked about this a little bit, but what what do the Patriots need to do in order for Sony Michelle to actually be fantasy relevant? 
or at least fantasy consistent. Yeah, I think they just need to cater the offense more towards him because they, that's the thing. With Tom Brady being gone, Tom Brady loves to get in shotgun and just throw to James White a lot and Rex Burkhead. Um, so with Tom Brady being gone, we will see if they maybe cater it more to Sony Michelle um, to where he gets more touches. I mean, 247 carries is a lot. You know, that's up there around the, the tops in the league. Um, but will, will they give him more opportunities out of the backfield? You know, yeah. Um, well, they keep rolling with James White. James White's so good out of the backfield. Right. Have, so um, it's tough. I think I think we'll see Michelle's carries. I think they might go down a little bit, but they also. Might, I, I think it'll still be in that you know, two hundred range. Yeah. Um, I think I think he'll have a better year. I think I think the Patriots are going to have to, depending on what they do, no matter what they do at quarterback, it's 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 decreased from Tom Brady. So I think. There's going to be more load put on Michelle's shoulders, and I think he'll I think he'll step up to it. He has he has a, a lot better talent than you know two forty seven for nine twelve. So yeah, um, yeah. It just seemed like it seemed like teams were keying in on Tom Brady, like knowing that he wasn't going to uh, throw it deep last year, just with you know his receipt, <laughs> with his receivers and the questions about the arm strength. And so a lot of times there was eight nine men stacking the box, and he. Michelle really wasn't able to get free, and you know even the the goal line carries would go to uh, Burkhead or to uh, Brandon Bolden, which hurt his value as well. I think yeah. you know I'm interested to see what they do with Damian Harris because he was drafted fairly high in 2019, but and he he really impressed in in a training camp and in OTAs, but he just never saw the field in in 2019. So. I, you know, that does worry me that he is still in that offense and, and Burkhead as well. I just wish that they would move on from him. But uh, Michelle and White will definitely be, I think, I don't think they're going to get overtaken by by anyone in the offense. I just I just am curious if uh, what their usage will be like. But I think, I think I'm fine drafting either one with their, their current ADP. You know, James White in the 11th round, Sony Michelle in the 10th round to get a a running back two, probably for Sony Michelle, and a running back three uh, for James White. But I mean, if you look, James White with the seventy-two receptions puts him at running back eighteen over Sony Michelle at running back thirty-one. So you just by looking at that, you can see as a fantasy owner how much that um, how much receptions make a difference uh, in an offense. Yeah, see, I, I'm not as hurt by James White just because he's my. You know, third or fourth running back option because I got Zeke and McCaffrey, and I'm like, he doesn't. You know, that's great value for a number three running back for me. But it still hurts sometimes when you see him in there and you're like, seven points, bro. Yeah. Seven points. You ran for eighty yards. How do you have seven points? All oh, zero touchdowns, twenty something carries. I'm like, <sighs> so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Dick Harris a lot though. I do too. I know. Just because the way New England uses running backs, and he was a stud at Alabama. I mean, he was playing with Najee Harris, uh, Josh Jacobs, and Damian Harris. Those three, insane, and they all were crazy draft prospects. Yeah. So, it, that's that's an interesting, that's an interesting spec in the offense though that we have to pay attention to. I'm glad you put him on here because I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. It's a cluster, it, you know, in especially in dynasty leagues, because yeah, 
You know, if you, it, it, it's just it's we've seen it with Belichick so much in his career. If you fumble one time, <laughs> I don't care if you're the number one guy on my team. Yeah. See ya. You're done for the game. And here comes Damian Harris, and he like uh, who was it a couple years ago? Um, Gray. Gray is that his name or? Oh yeah yeah Gray? yeah. That's Gray. Yeah. He randomly got put in because was it Legarrette Blunt or somebody fumbled and messed yeah. up and. Silas Gray comes in and rushes for four touchdowns, and we're like, "Yeah, there was another running back that did that too." Blunt or whoever it was, whoever the owner of the running back that screwed up, yeah, it might have been Sony Michelle as a rookie, yeah. Um, And everybody's sitting there like, "Oh no, what the heck?" So like, if something like that happens where Michelle screws up, Damian Harris could easily come in and just take over, yeah. Um, A fully like, I'm not trying to scare people off Sony Michelle. I'm just saying, be cautious with them, yeah. Cautious with him. You just never know with Patriots running backs. Yeah, you never know with Patriots. Just in general, what they're what they're thinking, what they're gonna do. Not really since Corey Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's talk quickly about the wide receivers. Julian Edelman surprise wide receiver seven last year, um, which honestly he's just been doing his whole career is catching passes from Tom Brady, uh, going past. A thousand yards and scoring touchdowns. He's 33 years old. I think he has. I think he has one to two more good years left in him. Uh, I think he. It's definitely going to be hard for him without uh, Tom Brady, just because they had such a good connection. He was so good with the Patriots for so long. But I mean, he's definitely in the 12th round. I think it's a really good value, and I think he's just going to keep dropping. His ADP is just going to keep dropping. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that by the time June or July rolls around that he's in all the way in the 13th or 14th round, uh, just as people see the effect of uh, the departure of Tom Brady. So he's definitely a receiver that I'm I'm happy to target late uh, in drafts, but I'm also a little bit hesitant just knowing that he's not going to be around for for too much longer in the Patriot uniform. But, I mean... If you're if you're in a PPR league and you're looking for a solid uh, wide receiver three or four or just a, a flex play, you know Julian Edelman's going to get receptions as a slot receiver. Um, d- you know, despite having Nikhil Harry uh, alongside of him and Mohamed Sanu, so I I like Julian Edelman. I think he's I think he's going to be fine in the Patriot offense, but I'm definitely not expecting a hundred receptions. I think it'll I think it's definitely going to drop into the 80s. But um, he's still a decent value. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Guys like this sometimes just get old quick. You know, this dude's taking a beating over the years, and I just it sucks seeing Tom leave now. I think his career is kind of it's it's like the closing act now. This season, it'll start to dwindle down, and we'll see. You know, Nikhil Harry step up. You'll see. I don't know about Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. Um, up, but being the normal Sahaman Manu, and then, and then I'm sure they'll they'll address maybe, maybe address another receiver in draft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm. Um, I guess if it's twelfth round, yeah, just because you know the guys we're talking about in that that range, or you know, like we just mentioned, uh, Crowder and John Brown, very similar spots. Um, so. And Edelman's still clearly number one for now, so yeah, it's just tough. But yeah, if I'm dynasty, I'm staying away from him completely. Yeah, um, unless it's late, 
but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 he's, he's been such a great great player to watch with Tom Brady over the years yeah but you know just like Wes Welker's career ended so fast out of nowhere obviously he went to Denver um I don't want to speak this on him but I feel like the same thing's about to happen with Edelman over the next year or two uh wait what's your what receiver did you just say Welker oh Welker okay I thought that's who you said but I thought you said did you say something about the Denver Broncos I said I said just like Welker and then I said but I guess he did go to Denver oh okay okay that's where he kind of yeah yeah I thought you were talking about Demarius Thomas for a second and I was like he went off the deep end as well (laughs) he did um yeah I think what did you say with the Jets last year. Yeah, yeah. I think Nikhil Harry, obviously, he should be the first Patriot drafted uh, in your dynasty leagues. Uh, from the, a wide receiver standpoint, definitely don't take Edelman over Nikhil Harry. Uh, Nikhil Harry's going to be a great wide receiver. You know, he had injury issues in 2019, but only played in seven games, but had 12 receptions, 105 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to be a good receiver for the Patriots, uh, specifically the new New England Patriots with a new quarterback, new offense. Uh, I I really like Harry. I, I think he's a great value in the seventh round um, as long as the Patriots are solid at the quarterback position. And same thing with Mohamed Sanu. I mean, I think a lot of – he was doing great with the Atlanta Falcons. It was surprising that the Patriots gave up a second-round pick. Um, for for Mohamed Sanu because he came in and he, I, you know he wasn't a huge value. A lot of the stats that you see there were with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt uh, when he came over to New England. So yeah. um, I'm I'm curious to see what he does in 2020. But I, I think that with a new quarterback, I think that he he adds some value to the offense. But definitely, I think 20th round is is fine with his value. You know he's. <laughs> up there in the 30-something-year-old 30, 30, uh, receiver um, and is more of a uh, kind of slot underneath receiver. He's not going to have a ton of uh, touchdown upside. Right. And uh, then how about the, the tight end position? I labeled this as a potential rookie landing spot as well, Matt Lacoste. Uh, tight end 58 last year, 13 receptions, one touchdown, 131 yards. I... I don't know why the Patriots wouldn't go and get a tight end. You know, pair him up, pair him up with uh, either Stidham or a rookie quarterback, and and just develop from there. But you know, I could definitely see like a a Bryson Hopkins. Uh, who's the who's the tight end that you keep talking about from Harrison Bryant? Harrison Bryant, yeah, Cole Komet. Uh, I think those three would be great fits in the Patriot offense, uh, just because they. You know the Patriots do like to use the tight end more so uh, as a pass catcher than a, than a run blocker. They still use that traditional um, fullback set often, which uh, usually opens up a lot for the tight end. So uh, I'm not buying Matt Lacoste in any leagues. No, thank you. I'll just go either to another team or hope that they they sign a rookie. How about you? How about you? Agreed. Yeah. If I wasn't on Chris Herndon or. Ryan Griffin, I'm definitely not on him. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, well, now let's give our predictions for the, the 2020 season, Anthony. Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Last episode, we were pretty spot on with this. But let's... Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, first? 
Like, like, how, how are we spot oh, no. on that? No, we were in, no, we were in agreement. Together. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, where... Where do you want to start? First or fourth? I think we always start fourth, so let's just keep doing that. Okay. Um, I will start. I will say... I will say New York Jets. Fourth. Oh. I think it's between them and the Miami Dolphins. But really? I, yeah. Wow. I do. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm picking the Patriots. Wow. Okay. I just, they don't have anything. These other guys at least have quarterbacks right now. Okay. You yeah. Know, um, we know what they have at quarterback other than Miami. Right. I know Miami has so much talent around that they won last year without a quarterback. So. And the Patriots barely won with the best quarterback ever. So yeah, they barely, but you know what I mean. Okay, Patriots. I'm picking the Patriots fourth. Yeah. Okay. Which is so weird to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it has to happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay, third. Who are you going? Uh, Dolphins. Dolphins. Okay. Yes. I will go. Um, I'll go Dolphins as my third place team. I think. I think they did a really good job getting the best out of their assets and I think that they're going to really improve in the draft. I think their defense is much improved. Yes. I think just the question of quarterback um, what they do at that position, you know, if if they I mean, we want to see Tua or whoever's there at quarterback play, but I think if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the whole 26 2020 season, I almost said 2016 season. Uh if he's if he's playing all 16 games, I think uh I would think they're going to be in third place. That leaves me with my second place team as the New England Patriots. <laughs> Sorry, I got a, I had a brain fart. I'm trying to remember where we were at. Um, okay, Patriots number two for you. For yeah. me, it's the Jets. The Jets. Okay. The Jets had such a such a weird season last year, and they still finished seven and nine. Um, they're going to add a weapon. Um, Sam Darnold is not going to miss games with Mono. I would hope. Um, Le'Veon Bell will be better. And I think Jets will. They went seven and nine last year with that weird whole season. I think I yeah. think they can win. Um, Dang, I did not so realize that. It's 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 so tough with me between them and New York or with them and Miami though. Um, it's going to be right there, a, a a tough race for that number two spot and potentially that final wild card spot, but probably not. Okay. Yeah, I Which think. I didn't realize that they were seven and nine last year, so I they definitely yeah. they definitely make sense. Um, I I'm just curious with the Patriots. I still have belief in Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels to some. I feel. <laughs> oh my god! Nobody I can't believe I just Bill said O'Brien. that. Bill Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels um, to to put something on the offense. I feel. I really feel like. Uh, Belichick has so much pride that he's like, I'm not, I'm not rolling over, just to get a quarterback in 2021. I think he's gonna, no. I think he's gonna do something, and I think that the Patriots compete, and I think they have a better record than most people think. I don't think, okay. that, I don't think that they're close to winning the division, but I think that they have a better record than people think. That's what I'll say. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of my people in Ohio will just remember 
the last time Bill Belichick didn't have Tom Brady, he was he, he struggled to win with the Browns. So that's that's true. I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's gonna roll over 100. percent No, I just don't think they're not gonna be good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, they missed they missed pieces on defense too. Kyle Van Noy is gonna be a tough loss. Yep. Um, but yeah. Uh, Buffalo's clearly number one. We haven't even talked about our number one team. Buffalo Bills. I think that's just easy. Um, yeah, I think I think the Bills have all the pieces. They have a really good defense. And they the move for Stephon Diggs made it clear that they are in a window, Super Bowl window now type of mindset. They want to go for it. And uh, I think that they... They still have a chance to do something good in the draft and, and add either a, at least one good offensive weapon and, and a couple of defensive weapons as well just to shore up uh, the defensive side of the ball. So I think it, I think they're the clear number one team. I think it, it could be close depending on what the Jets do uh, or and or the Patriots, but I think the Bills, just what they did last year was impressive, and I think that they're just getting better another year under their belt. It, they're they're a real sleeper. They're they're not going to beat Kansas City or Baltimore, but they're a real sleeper to to do what Tennessee did last year and and get in there and upset one of those top twos and potentially give the other one a run for their money. I mean, they're they're a real sleeper to win the AFC, honestly. Yeah. Um, just we'll see, but I like Buffalo a lot. Yeah. Okay, so Anthony goes Bills, Jets. Dolphins, Patriots. I am going Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. We'll see what happens. If you're listening to this episode or watching this episode, go ahead and leave a uh, either DM us or comment on our, our post on Instagram or leave a comment on the video who you think uh, who your top four teams are in the in the division and which order they go in in 2020. Uh, we're going to finish off this episode talking the, the rookie quarterbacks. I guess we could throw in Jordan Love in there, but we are going to talk top three, Joe Burrow, um, Tua. We can talk Jordan Love, and then we can talk um, Justin Herbert as well. But let's You're just. What would you say? What about what about your boy Fromm? Yeah, Fromm, no way. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what what was that show? Um, there was QB1. yeah, the QB one show. He was on there, and once I watched that, I just stopped caring about about him he's a weird guy yeah for sure very passionate 100% but passionate with no talent mm. well yeah when I watched I was just like this guy I was like this is the guy that is like leading Georgia to the national championship holy cow and then if you watch the next season <laughs> yeah exactly Justin Fields yeah yeah <laughs> um, really screwed that up man Justin Fields gosh but Georgia just got another. I know we're not talking about college football, but and then if you watch the season after, it might be the same season as Justin Fields actually. Um, there's another quarterback who just transferred to Georgia to take over for Jake Fromm. So it's like okay, Georgia only. I guess Georgia doesn't recruit quarterbacks. They just watch QB one. Yeah. I guess from yeah. Netflix. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> still yeah. Okay. Um. So, well, you know, we'll just make it. We'll just kind of make it short and brief, but. Yeah. What do we like about each quarterback? I think that I think Burrow obviously is going to go number one just based on what he did last year. But 
is he is he your number one quarterback prospect? Do you think who do you think has the most successful NFL career of these uh, four quarterbacks? That's just tough because it's all about landing spots. Um, you know, like I want to say, out of all of them, I like two of the most. Yeah. Um, but Tua has a lot. Tua Tua has a lot of injury history. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I love Joe Burrow, but is he going to? Uh, Andy Dalton survived in Cincinnati for a long time, and Joe Burrow is way more talented. So I think he can survive there, you know. But like I said, if Justin Herbert or Jordan Love gets to go to New England with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, man. I don't know how you don't potentially see one of those guys having the best career out of all of them. Yeah. But it's tough. So so let's just, I mean, if we look at all the predictions, a lot of mock drafts, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati. Yep. Tua, Miami. Um, Justin Herbert, I think Chargers. Chargers, yep. And then Jordan Love, a lot of them are Chargers. A lot of them are, you know, New England. Raiders, New England. Raiders. Okay, out of all that. Honestly, I would probably go with Joe Burrow. Um, just because Joe Burrow has a lot of he, – he's just talented, man. We saw it at LSU. We saw what he did. Um, the one knock that LSU has had throughout the years is they never have a quarterback that can get him over the hump to beat Bama to get in a national championship. And They've won national championships, but it's never with quarterbacks. It's always been with defense and run game. Right. And Joe Burrow just flipped switch. Crazy. Um, I mean, he's just a game changer. I like Joe Burrow. Um, out of all of them, I, yeah, Joe Burrow. So, mm. I don't know what you say. I love Justin Herbert, too, though. Honestly, uh, I was going to say Herbert. I, the more, I mean, gosh, unfortunately, he destroyed Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to see that, yes. Yeah, like, I was like, okay, I know a lot of people are talking about him because he almost came out last year, but he had a, <laughs> he had a shoulder injury, and then when we played him in the Rose Bowl, I mean, he just smacked us, and it wasn't even it wasn't even just through the air. It was on the. I think he had like three or he had like three rushing touchdowns. It was all rushing. Yeah. yeah, and the more and more that I watch his film, and you just see like the build that he has, he looks like he looks like an NFL quarterback. And I mean, if you were, if you were to land in a place like L.A. with the Chargers, with those weapons, with the weapons. Um, and just the you know the direction that that franchise is headed, I think it would be a really really great fit for um, fit for him. I think this I think this year Burrow has the most successful year out of the four, but I think That's rookie yeah. But I think long term, I'm honestly I'm going to say that Herbert has the best NFL career of the four. I think if he gets in a even if he doesn't start in 2020. I think yeah. twenty. I think twenty twenty one, and beyond that, I think he has a really good career. Okay. But yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a good class, and next year, next yeah. year is great as well. It's it's very similar to the Baker, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Sam Darnold. Yep. You know. Yeah. Where it's like, man, it's really about landing spots. Like, let's be honest. If Lamar Jackson landed anywhere than Baltimore. I don't know. I, you know, because Harbaugh has shown like, yeah, we catered our offense and literally around Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. So he, 
Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's fun. It's interesting. I think Tua has the most talent out of all of them. Honestly, like as just a pure football player and quarterback, watching uh, he he changed dude he he changed Nick Saban. Anybody nobody nobody can change Nick Saban, and he did. Yeah, he changed Nick Saban's offensive style. You know, well not just Tua, but just the way college football has went. But he was the guy. Yeah. Um, but the injury history is what concerns me. But I dude, I love Joe Burrow. I love Justin Herbert. It's such it's so tough. I think Jordan Love is just going to be one of these guys that every year somebody gets big on a strong, big quarterback that comes out of a small conference and we tank, and then he's just nothing. Yeah. Um, Allen, yes, Josh Allen, it worked for him. Jordan Love's not Josh Allen. Um, I don't think Josh Allen's going to be something. I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to wish it wrong on his career. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Herbert, especially if it's the Chargers. Especially if it's the Chargers. And yeah. Or Tyrod Taylor, though, if that happens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Poor Tyrod Taylor. Second time in a row. Have to do it with Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, Jordan Love is interesting because a lot of the pro comps that I've been seeing um, for him are Ben Roethlisberger. Just his size, his arm strength, his ability to, (laughs) his ability to use his legs and, uh, you know, just coming out of, um, coming out of a smaller school, I I don't particularly see it. I see the physical attributes, but I think that I think Big Ben is his uh, I don't know what whatever you want to call it is moxie. He's a he's a winner, and he came into the yeah. league, and you know he's had his off the off the field stuff, but I mean he's a he's a proven leader for that team, and you know a Super Bowl yes. champ a Super Bowl champion, and it's not. You know, he's never been the most talented, the most athletic, but he's he's used what he's had to the best of his ability. And yeah. I think that when you have a quarterback like that, it it's all about where they're at mentally, being able to do that. You know, it's like the Tom Brady's. Like, they're the, the most mentally strong quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger reminds me a lot of, of that. You know, he's got a cannon for yeah. an arm, but he's just an even better just yeah. a better mentally prepared quarterback. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the, the comparison. Yeah, a lot of the comparisons I've seen is Kaepernick. Um, I don't know if that's just because he plays in the Mountain West like Kaepernick did and he's you know got that light skin build like Kaepernick did. But yeah. But, but the reason I say Joe Burrow, like I was saying earlier, is because the point that you just made, that mental preparedness. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow is that. You know, he's – and uh, that that's just what Joe Burrow is. His his mind. That's what everybody says is like, oh, he's got the Tom Brady esque about him. It's the mentality. It's the uh, it's the confidence and cockiness because he knows he was overlooked. Yes, he was overlooked at Ohio State. Um, but I mean, he was competing with a freaking another quarterback that got drafted in the first round. So I mean, you can take offense and transfer like he did. Which he didn't take offense to it. He still loves Ohio State, but he has that built inside of him like. People overlook me. People doubt me. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't watching this, but if he watches, he'd be like, all right, you take Justin Herbert over me? You think two is more talented than me? Watch. You know, stuff like that. That's what he has about him. Yeah. A lot like Baker Mayfield, but he keeps it in composure. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's composed with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think when you look at, if you look at the stats of Jordan Love, 
you know, coming out of the Mountain West last year, I mean, he had a really good junior season last year. He threw 20 touchdowns, 17, right. 17 interceptions in the Mountain West. And everyone talks about his, uh, his athleticism. He averaged 2.2 yards per carry. He rushed, I think it was like 80 times for 170 yards. Um, and that doesn't scream dynamic to me. It, yes, does he have some athleticism? Yes, but does he actually know what to do with it? Um, I don't. Right. Th- I don't think so. I think that he. Yeah. I know a lot of teams are high on him, but I. I wouldn't be. Yeah, the the thing with him, they're high on him for his junior season. Um, it's kind of it's very comparable to when everybody was high on Cardell Jones for what he did for those three games. You know. Yeah. They're high on him for his junior season. When his junior season, he had, actually, he had quite a few guys that were drafted and graduated from Utah State, and then his senior season, he had a bunch of you know new offensive linemen and new weapons. So that's where they're saying, okay, well, he took a step back, but he didn't have the help. It's like, okay, well, when you're that good, you kind of elevate the talent around you, you know? Yeah. Um, I know it's tough for in a Mountain West or whatever, but, but yeah, I, I think he reminds me so much of Cardell Jones where he just popped, you know, and looked so good, and everybody's like, oh, this guy's a physical freak. But then it's like, okay, but then the next year, there's tape on you. Everybody, you're on their radar. You didn't really pop as much. Yeah. So I think that's where like my comp is to him is like, yeah, he you know he could be Colin Kaepernick, but he also could be Cardell Jones, um, where he's out of the league in two years. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I would rather go with those other three because you know those other three, they're gonna be set as long as they stay healthy yeah. for two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, we will see. The NFL draft is approaching shortly. I'm pumped. Um, we're going to have a, a super cool episode on that, doing some live stream during the draft, so make sure you tune in for that. And we'll be next um, on with the NFC East, talking the Dallas Cowboys, the Redskins, Eagles, and Giants. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully get some guests on for that episode. Um, but thanks for tuning in to th- this episode of the Couch Scouts Sports Podcast. Anthony Bills and Noah Balwig getting ready to sign off. If you have not uh, subscribed to us on YouTube or to Apple or Spotify Podcasts, go ahead and give us a subscription, a follow uh, on Instagram. And we'd love to chat with you to talk sports. Who do you think is going to be the uh, the top quarterback in this class? Um, we'd love to hear what your opinions are. So we will catch you guys on the next episode.